Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. It's another Wednesday. And my name is Shengyum Tetra, the host of the Girls' Table Show. And I welcome you to our weekly The Girls' Table Show that we have every Wednesday at 10 a.m. right here on the Girls' Table Instagram page. The idea being to have important conversations with individuals, with organizations that are doing all they can to empower and to develop the woman and the girl child. So today we're having a conversation that is important to me being in the media space, of course, um, despite the fact that I, um, I didn't study journalism or mass communications. But we are speaking about the importance of owning the narrative, the importance of telling your own story and the experiences of women in the journalism sector. So we're joined by a young lady, Felistas Nyamayaro, who is a prolific young journalist and is passionate about telling the stories that bring a positive impact and change, not only to individuals, but to communities as well. She's passionate, especially about working with women and young girls in marginalized communities, particularly rural communities, especially seeing that Zimbabwe is a, is a largely rural country, if you didn't know, Zimbabwe is largely rural. So she's a journalist and currently she's working as a videographer and story writer at Women's Voice Zimbabwe. Hopefully she'll tell us more about the organization that she works for, but especially what I would like to know, especially is um her experience not only in studying journalism but in practicing journalism as well and her experiences what she sees going on in the journalism sector in our country now it's it is no secret that worldwide um in as much as journalism schools are dominated by women actual newsrooms have a little under a third of women in the newsroom. So you'll find that journalism schools have two-thirds as, as, as their students or women, two-thirds of women graduate from journalism schools, but only a third are going to be practicing journalists or are going to be in the newsroom. What exactly causes that and what can women do in order to have overcome um, that obstacle. So that is what we are talking about today on the Girls' Table page. Please feel free to join in on the conversation. What have you seen? What have you witnessed in terms of women that are telling their stories, not only in the world, but in our countries worldwide, in our country, oh, in, the, in, the, in the world over? Right. So um, I think... Harumutasa comes to mind when we speak of, of, of female journalists and we can't overlook the likes of Oruveneko and the controversial Samantha Musa. And why is it that there are only such few distinct names that come to mind when we speak about women in journalism, but when we speak about men, there's more men than women. And then uh, we also want to look at the obstacles, the challenges that these women are facing and what we can do as the future to change that. So I can see that Felistas has um, come on. Let me ask her to join the conversation. Comment. 
fiction. Um, ask your questions. Pose your sentiments as well as to why you possibly think that women shy away from telling their stories. Hi, Felicitas. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> so I was speaking to our viewers briefly about the women in journalism, not only world over, but in our country as well, and what that experience is like. And I'm glad that you are here uh, so that you yes. can tell us a little bit about your journey into journalism through school and practicing journalism so far. And also maybe what you've seen female journalists experience in our country. But the crux of our conversation or the most important a part of our conversations is knowing why it's important for women and girls to own their stories, to tell their stories, and to ensure that their voices are heard out there. So I'm going to give you this opportunity to speak to our viewers, introduce yourself, and tell us a little bit about your journey to journalism and your desire to tell stories. Okay, I thank you. Um... Uh, let me say, I've always been uh, a very active girl since school, since primary. I've always wanted to be an advocate for the girl child, you know, going to police stations to get reports on girls being raped, being abused. But, you know, when you're growing up, seeing like the digital people, those girls reading on TV, reading news, the female journalists, I then you know, crafted into a different, sort of like a different, a uh, different pathway. Then when I went to the University of Zimbabwe, I started doing filming, radio, and television production. So sitting exactly. down in there, I was thinking, how can I filming, radio, and television production? Oh, film, radio, and television production. Television production, yes. So I, I now sat down and... Um, wanted to learn like how do I join my passion you know being an advocate for girls telling stories about girl and the degree that I'm doing so I saw that the bridging is journalism you know as a journalist you are in, in the field with your cameras with equipment and at the same time you're owning your story you're telling stories about women so right now I'm sort of like killing two babes with one stone filming radio and television production and in journalism, you know, my passion and my skills in one track, yeah. So did you study for journalism or you're practicing it using what you studied, uh, the filming and um, TV production? Yeah, right now I am both, I'm studying for them both, journalism and filming, television production. So, so, so tell us a little and bit And I'm doing practical TV. right now with Okay, okay. So tell us a little bit about being yeah. in journalism school because I was reading up and uh, it's, it's, it's purported that in the classroom, in terms of getting education, there are a lot of women or girls that are studying for journalism. Is that true in, yes. your, in, your, in your case? Are there more women in class than, than men? Yes, there are a lot of girls. Even in a lecture setup, there are a lot of girls 
Mm -hmm. you would see sitting in the lecture you know but when you come to the newsroom like the hiring of girls there they are it's male dominated and you will try to find out what are the issues in between the classroom and the newsroom where are the girls going where are the women going because you find out more male are dominating the newsroom is worldwide not only in Zimbabwe actually worldwide uh, I mean, I think as we continue with the conversation, we will try to determine why it is that there's such a gap between the classroom and the newsroom. But for now, uh, yes. being a, a journalist and being an advocate for women and girls, why do you think it's important for women to tell their own stories? Because I think it's, it's, it's evident that a lot of the times men are at the forefront of telling the stories of women at some level because if they are the editors and the producers and the so forth, then they're basically telling the story. So why is it important for women to be the ones that tell their own stories? Okay, I think it's important for the women to tell our own stories as women because we understand each other better. You know, a woman you would... You would will be experiencing most of the issues that you'll be going through. So when we're telling our stories, it's more understandable to the listeners, to the viewers, you know, so gender-based violence. It's more right and it's more reliable, a reliable story coming from a woman. You know, maybe you've been experiencing gender-based violence or you've seen another woman. So I think women telling our stories, it's important because we are, we are the owners. We know how to tell the story better than to wait for men to tell our own stories. Um, I don't know where you grew up, but I grew up in a very small town called Gwanda. And I don't remember... I don't remember having a history of being encouraged to speak up or to tell our own stories. So from your own experience, from what you've seen, from what you've read, from what you've learned, from what you've been through, do you think women and girls in Zimbabwe specifically tell their stories? Do women and girls in Zimbabwe own their stories? Hmm. I don't think uh, we own our stories. Like, uh, if we look at a rural setup, a few, like, uh, maybe I can say 9 or 10% tell their stories. When you come to Eben, yes, we, we, I can say we are starting to tell our own stories, but there are a lot of hidden stories where, like, we are starting to dig up stories from women, and it's pretty hard because, like, the society, like, it's, it's, it's like a norm that women should be quiet, you should be under males, you should not be speaking out. So it's, it's difficult. It's like fear. Women are not confident enough. So we are, we are going step by step in telling our stories, but we are not yet there. So women, we, we are not yet there. We are telling a bit. All right. So maybe, I mean, when, we, when, <clears throat> when you spoke about telling stories, you spoke about the issue of gender-based violence and how women should be at the forefront of, 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 of telling that narrative because we are the ones 
that experience it. And maybe a lot of the times yes. when women think about telling stories, maybe they think that, oh, I'm expected to speak about all these big words about politics and about the economy exactly. and GDP. But when we talk about telling stories, what exactly are we talking about? In your experience, in your work with rural communities, when we talk about telling stories, what exactly are we talking about? So that maybe more women can see or know the expectation that is there when we talk about telling stories and owning narratives. Okay, I can say no story is not worth talking about. Mm -hmm. So when your story maybe it's a negative, it's positive, it's worth telling. So in my experience, working with uh, rural women and rural girls, you know, sometimes they don't even, maybe you can say, if you can say to someone, tell me your story, they do not know what you are talking about. So in telling stories, it may be, maybe some women are doing, and are engaging in, in, in clubs, starting to learn about uh, social media. So those are stories we need to hear from them. When you come to urban areas, there are women doing a lot. We are vets, we have cross borders. There are stories there they should be telling, but they do not know that's the stories we want to hear. They think we need these big stories that go worldwide and they will be popularized. No, what you are doing, negative, positive, you are achieving or being abused, we need to hear that's the stories we want to hear from women. All right. So basically, <clears throat> you're saying almost each and every experience that you go through as a woman is a potential avenue to tell a story or to even change a story and change a perspective. You, <clears throat> you spoke about cross-border trading. I'm looking at public transportation <clears throat> to begin with. Sorry. Where now, you know, with the Zupco buses being introduced and uh, it seems like we have lost our guest. Um, seems like the connection with the list, this is bad. So anyway, as we wait to see if, um, if the listers can reconnect, I was saying, I think a lot of the times we think the expectation is that you should have these these big words or important out of of the world story to tell. But Felicitas is saying each and everything that you're going through is a possible avenue for a story to be told or a lesson to be learned, whether it's public transportation, whether it's religion, culture. I feel like the African culture is such a huge content bucket because the things that we go through as women in our homes, in our family setup, you know, there's, there's a lot to be told there. So we shouldn't wait to experience these big things or to run for office or to be a CEO, wherever you are, even in running your, your, your business. That's a, that's a story to be told. So we really need to, to, to look into that and own, and, and, and own that narrative. Um, welcome back, Felistas. Yeah, there was a, there was a technical, technical glitch. glitch. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. 
So um, we had just uh, concluded the conversation about how it's important to tell, there's no story that is too small or too little or insignificant. Each and every story yes. should be told. Um, what would you say could be the possible challenges? I mean, let, let's get into it. That stop women from telling their stories because I know there are a lot of stories that go untold, a lot of stories that go unexplored because of the possible risk that is associated with telling such stories. So for you, what would be the possible challenges that are stopping women from telling their stories? Okay, um, the possible challenges that are stopping women uh, first of all, it's fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know whether it's, it's a thing in the society or what women fear. You know, when you are, maybe you're interviewing someone, they tell you, are you going to put my video live? Are you going to post it anyway? There is fear. I don't know where it comes from. Fear. Women are, are, are in total fright, like when it comes to telling stories. And the other thing is confidence. Mm -hmm. Women do not have confidence, you know, like a vendor or a gardener says, oh, my garden, ah, sure, garden, you know, that kind of stuff. They do not have confidence. And in their own little things they are doing, and when maybe you're being abused, they are ashamed because maybe the world, you know, I'm being abused, the world, you know, my husband is beating me up. So it's lack of confidence. And sometimes they don't know their lives. So they... Do not speak about anything. So it's lack of confidence. It's fear. They do not know their rights. And some women do not know how to tell their stories or where to go when they want to tell their stories. So they end up keeping quiet. They end up being abused. They end up, you know, doing this possible and great work and no one is noticing and no one is writing any story about it. Uh, let's go back to the conversation we had about a female journalist and the transition from the classroom to the newsroom. What challenges would you say female journalists are facing in terms, because these ones now are not just about telling their own stories, but also being the mouthpiece for other women out there. What then would you say could be the possible challenges for female journalists that is stopping them from then transitioning into the newsroom and being uh, competitive in the media space. Okay, for female journalists, you know, the transition from the classroom number to the newsroom, I think, uh, you know, it's the case of confidence. You've got a degree, you know your staff. You know, when you enter into a male-dominated sector, you know, you... you, you you maybe start hesitating, but see, am I going to do it? Am I going to be part of this male-dominated sector? So I think some female journalists end up taking a step back. You know, I cannot challenge the males. Asking yourself, can I have a story that can go public? Can I have a story that can go in Herald, at uh, Zim Papers? You know, it's about, you cannot achieve anything without taking risk. You have to go. You have to go with your story. You have to challenge these men. So it's a matter of confidence. It's a matter of, you know, saying to yourself, I can do it. You know, you, maybe you've got a first-class degree and the males in the newsroom, maybe have got diplomas, but you don't know it because you have not taken a step further in 
doing what you want to do um i don't know if in this this maybe we can also uh, try to interrogate the environment that is journalism or mass communication especially in our country because i personally have seen the victimization of the likes of you know harumutasa or ruveneko as they are trying to do their job exactly. where you find the weaponization of your age your marital status whether you have kids or your looks even you know where you find that being in the exactly. public eye or being a journalist kind of puts you in a line of fire not only of the public but i assume also of the people that you work with where you get into the workspace and possibly be victimized by your male colleagues in in the newsroom so do you think that's a, um, another reason why possibly there are less uh, a female journalist in the newsroom yes of course that's another huge challenge actually and it's a it's a thing of the society and it's it's difficult to to keep on pushing when you're facing all this victimization you know everyone is talking and i think it's it's up to the people surrounding to accept that women can step up because this is where we are getting getting most of the setbacks we are getting most of uh, the, the the victimization and males need to understand that women can also do what they are doing so there's no need to interrogate them when they are going up we should support each other and we should push and the more women go up there and i think the likes of Ruvenoko like you were mentioning i think more and more women are starting to 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 to, to cope and starting to to want to go there and starting to take the right path towards to go up into the newsrooms because they are saying that you know maybe she has been victimized a lot have been said about her but she has been strong and some of them are conquering it some of them are getting through so it's actually like a good example to other women that we can sail through the passage you can sail through the journey to okay. go up into the newsroom um do you think women and girls can be capacitated to tell their stories. Yeah, I think women and girls can be capacitated. Uh maybe the outpart can be maybe trainings, can be maybe information to tell them um you can do where do you go media houses maybe in maybe in rural areas we do awarenesses we do such like trainings to tell them how do you tell your story how, how can we enable them to tell their stories so it's all about training some of them don't even know how to tell their stories so it's about trainings giving them skill telling them how you should tell your stories doing awarenesses to enable them to be able to tell their stories okay so i think for the past six or seven months the whole world has been on lockdown and a lot of uh, things or um experiences and challenges have, have have women have faced during this lockdown so what stories do you think have emerged from this lockdown in terms of how it has affected or impacted women and young girls 
Okay, during this lockdown, um, a lot of stories have emerged. Um, a lot of gender-based violence cases, a lot of stories. Like uh, we have to, as, as journalists, as our organization, we saw that as lockdown was going on, obviously there was no way a woman being abused was going to tell a story because she's not allowed to go outside. So we were working in, uh, in communities and we found out that a lot of rape cases have been going on. You know, you can be abused because the gender part, the male gender part can say that the police, because you're not allowed to go out. You cannot go and report. So rape cases, gender-based violence cases, those are some of the stories that have been rising up. And early child marriage, lockdown came with hunger, came with poverty, and some girls were sent off to be married. And uh, early pregnancies, young girls were not going to school. And a lot of them started getting into sexual relations and some of the, a, a huge number of them right now are not going back to school because they are pregnant. So lockdown uh, came with a lot of stories engaging, affecting girls, pregnancies, and uh, STIs is spreading, SHR services. We, then the importance of those SHR services being seen that they're important for girls to know. But some of these girls, when interviewed, they don't know how, how do you prevent getting pregnant? How do you prevent getting an STI? So a lot of stories emerged within lockdown. All right. Um, speaking about, you know, the experiences of GBV and sexual harassment that have occurred under lockdown, it, it leads me to my next question of the upcoming 16 days of activism against gender-based violence and I want to I want to ask you what do you think women and women's organization can do this time around in terms of documenting and sharing the stories of girls and women especially now that we're emerging from this lockdown during the 16 days of, of activism against gender-based violence Okay, um, working towards the 16 days of activism against gender-based violence and actually coming out of the lockdown where cases have risen, I think individuals and organizations should, you know, like create a huge hype, do as much as more everywhere. You know, right now uh live events like uh gatherings are not yet being allowed so most of the things are operating online so a lot of online campaigns you know when you open twitter just think it should be flooding everywhere to aware people aware women that it's not right to be abused. It's not, we have got a right to speak out. We have got a right to own up, to say, ah, no, this is not what I'm supposed to be, the way I'm supposed to be treated. And I was thinking, Kuti, as most of these events are going online, what about those women in rural areas? What about those girls? If you can ask them right now, some of them don't even know about the 16 days of activism against gender-based violence. So I think organizations should make an effort maybe to go there, you know, 
know if there are many do maybe gatherings of 50 telling training them telling them what is gender based violence what do we mean when you saying we are activism it's an activism against gender based violence so organizations should just Joy, tell your relative with the rural areas there are 16 days of this and this and this we are supporting no violence against women if you are being abused tell the police tell the next person that you can think can can help you so it's a duty for everyone around the world to make the message reach everywhere and everyone should be aware about the 16 days of activism against gender based violence right um uh, we have um our conversation I noticed that you are a videographer um and I'm interested in knowing about because yes. I'm pretty sure there there are a lot more male videographers than there are female videographers and I think from my own experience in the past recording the girls table show there would hardly ever be a woman behind the camera so tell us about the experience of learning the technical side of a digital or the media Okay, um, my experiences it's it's quite a bit rough to 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 you know to enter into a male dominated thing. But sometimes you have to say, you know, if I'm going to wear a trousers, if I'm going to wear my uh, my sneakers and carry this tripod and go to the field, I'm going to boss that's what I want to do. You know, you get eyes, you get a lot of comments. Can you do can you actually stand up and record the whole event? You know, I can do it because that's what I want to do and I'm a woman who says I cannot stand who says I cannot hold a camera who says I cannot go into the deepest forest taking documentaries I can do it it has been rough you know it requires physical fitness and sometimes it's drowning so you have if if, if you are passionate everything yourself we say it's about being passionate about what you do so as a videographer especially when making documentaries you need a lot of challenges you when you are recording maybe in rural areas you're doing stories of some are touching some people are ask you hey we don't want to tell stories you want to make money with us you know but as a videographer you have to learn to be ethical how are you going to attack those issues how are you going to make your make your job easy for you so right now i think more and more females are coming up with the zeal to become videographers it's a nice job you get to go around the world and it's actually it helps you to tell stories in a different way you do video stories you tell your stories in a different way other than writing your stories so it's actually a very good thing and i'm really loving what i'm That's doing it's wonderful i i i like the, the the passion that i see in your face as you talk about your journey in videography and hopefully that can motivate more because i would like to see more women you know in in that space because even in our show as as the girls table we would love to start recording and have a female videographer and the lighting and the sound engineer and yes. everything you know because we're supposed to be taking over exactly. anyway as we as we end the conversation yes. what are your last words for uh, women out there and young girls out there in terms of why it is important to own the narrative to tell your story and to not let another person be the one that tells your story Okay to my fellow girls and other ladies there like as i said before no story is not worth telling what you are doing is important as a lady 
So whether you are doing gardening, whether you are, is that little thing you're doing is worth owning up. That's your thing. That's the thing that's going to make you go far. So to all the ladies, do not be shy. Have confidence. Own the space. Do what you do at your best level and you will not go wrong. Do not be intimidated by mail. You're going to receive a lot of comments. Trust me. But you know what? Push them at the back of your head and just look forward where you're going. Thank you so much, Felicitas, for taking the time to join the girls' table today. And hopefully um, a lot more young girls will be motivated to follow you in this path that, that you have chosen. Thank you so much. It was an honor, a huge honor to be here. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Um, that was a great conversation with yeah. Felistas Nyamayaro, a young journalist. As you can see, she's very passionate about what she does. Uh, still studying journalism and, and hopefully, you know, we'll live to see a future where there are a lot more female journalists or a lot more women in the newsroom because it's not making sense that the classroom will be full of female journalists, but when it comes to the newsroom, it's a different story. And I think it's it's it's, it's our responsibility to to tackle all the challenges that exist that stop women from telling their stories and owning their narratives, all the shame and the guilt that is associated with all, all, with owning your story should be done away with. That way, solutions to our problems can be found because we are putting those problems out there and shedding light. So thank you so much to Felistas for joining us. So this was the Girls' Table show for this week with me saying to let's meet again next week, same time. 10 a.m. same place the girls here instagram page alive and if there are any conversations that you'd like us to have please do inbox us on our social media platforms twitter facebook and on instagram and would love to have you on here on tabani with the powerful insights every story matters take charge of the narrative absolutely tabani especially women last week we were speaking about how up to today, we're still having the conversation about sanitary wear, of which this is an issue that has been there for time immemorial. But because women are not taking charge of the narrative, the solutions are not going to come about. So yes, we must take charge of the narrative. So thank you to all those that are joining us. Let us meet again next week. Um, that's a wrap.